I'm sure we've all heard of the very woo-woo sounding concepts of brand story and storytelling and all that kind of that seems like really highbrow marketing stuff. Well, in this episode, I want to show you how being really articulate about your story, not just your business's story, but your personal story, can actually put you in a position where you're never scratching around for what to say on social media again or in your emails again. I want to show you that by becoming a really solid storyteller in your own business, it's going to mean that you are platform independent, which means that it doesn't matter where you go, your story will resonate. So it doesn't matter if whether it's Facebook, Instagram, email, whether one of these platforms goes down tomorrow, it doesn't matter because your core strategy is finding really inventive ways to share your story so you can connect with potential customers. That's 80% of the work, guys. The other 20% is what does this button do? So in this episode, I want to show you three examples of clients who didn't necessarily think they had a story until we find a way to connect their past experiences, their values as a business now, their target market, and how all that can come together as a really as putting you in a position of being a really, really ideal solution for those most likely to do business with you. You ready? Let's jump in. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses, and now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum, and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned, and I'm still learning, about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being, and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans, and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. One of the biggest things that I believe for small business owners to be pursuing um, with their marketing is a state of what I refer to as platform independency. So over the last couple of years, especially throughout the COVID saga, I've really kind of come to see how social media in particular can, It's I don't know if it's necessarily the best thing we ever came up with, to be honest. So, and platforms come and go, trends come and go. And um, I've had a lot of experiences of clients sort of having a big chunk taken out of their business when one of these platforms that they've become dependent on changes on a whim. Classic example is when my farming clients were thrown for six when they could no longer sell um, animal products through Facebook Marketplace. Um, A lot of farming clients I knew who sold like livestock and meat and things like that no longer couldn't do it and that was a major source of revenue for them. So case in point, one of the biggest sort of submissions within my overall mission for small businesses is to teach them how to be platform independent. So the core strategy that you use to market your business is is pretty much the same no matter where you put it. The philosophy I have is that 80% of your marketing should be your story, who you are, what you do, how you do it that's unique and why it's important. Um, that's 80% of it. The other 20% is, okay, what are these buttons doing Instagram and how can I make that story work on Instagram? Because then if Instagram for some reason falls over and dies in a heap, you've still got 80% of the work that's still meaningful. You've just got to switch gears and find where your people have gone now that they're not Instagram either and go connect with them there. 
So when, I, when we talk about knowing our story and knowing the story of ourselves and the story of our business, and now bearing in mind that I largely deal with small teams, like independent sort of um, solopreneurs and things like that in regional and rural areas. So quite often they haven't gotten so big that their brand has developed its own identity. The identity of the business really is still quite closely connected to the people that started it and the people that are running it on a day-to-day basis. So this is why we almost have this really cool shortcut when it comes to developing our brands because they're really just a reflection of who we are, what we stand for, our backstory, our values, things like that. And this is the key with marketing. Telling your story on social media, emails, things like that, It might seem like a woo-woo place to start, but what it does is it allows you to connect with the humans that you're going to be potentially doing business with. Now think about it, humans haven't been liking sharing and commenting for very long, but biologically and socially and culturally we've been telling stories for thousands of years this is how we this is how we've been telling um, each other information conveying knowledge um, sharing history and identity it's all been through storytelling storytelling is a really big component of how humanity is developed and so if we can take our marketing back to storytelling and if we can become really good storytellers of our own brand we're going to connect with the people that are most likely to do business with us another another thing I really like about this approach is it does make you more focused on the people and less focused on the platform. So when we're in storytelling mode for our business, we're not focusing on likes, shares, comments, reach. We're focusing on talking to people because ultimately whatever the screens and algorithms and all that crap does, at the end of the day, the the thing sitting behind that is the person we want to connect with. So if we remain focused on how we can use our story to connect with our customers, then everything else, I believe, typically falls into place. Now, you might be thinking, look, I'm a plumber, I'm a bookkeeper, I'm a, you know, service provider, I sell clothes. Like, it seems very straightforward. What's my story? So I've got a couple of clients that I, whose stories I wanted to share with you to really illustrate that we all have a story if we think hard enough about it. Now, sometimes we don't feel like our story is worthy enough because it's not enough of a rags-to-riches story. Like, it's not, I'm a quadruple amputee flipping burgers at five bucks an hour until midnight, and now look at me. Like, now I'm driving a Lamborghini and I live in, you know, the eastern suburbs. Like, your story doesn't have to be that extreme, that underdog, that, um, you know, the, the two sort of from rags to riches it doesn't your story doesn't have to be that extreme if anything those stories are typically the least relatable because not as many people experience those extremes of growth and wealth and things like that most people's journeys are a lot not simpler but again just a lot more relatable than that so yeah i wanted to give you two examples to really illustrate how everyone does in fact have a story worth telling so the first example I'll give you was he's a steel fabricator, works in Western Sydney suburbs. Um, we were working on a website together. He's also my little brother. Um, so he was one of the first people that came through with me to do um, the weekly website workshop. So we worked together and he built his own website. And he's very, he did a really good job. He really took everything I taught him on board. We were both really happy with the result. But early on in the piece, he was really struggling to kind of connect on a story, who's my ideal client, how do we share a story, how do I pitch myself as a solution to their problem? Because he was looking at it as just, 
I am a steel fabricator. I make stuff out of steel and my like I'm pretty good with my finishes. He does like a really high quality level finish. He can do really like custom tricky things and like custom benches and solutions and things like that for like awkward spaces in commercial kitchens. Um, and they tend to, it's just about maximizing the space in the kitchen, making the, the flow of work better for when it's really high paced and there's a lot of bodies moving around during service. So if he's, he really enjoys those gigs. He was also making like custom tools, custom like burger flippers and things like that. So he really enjoys that work. And um, so as we were talking, I knew because we obviously grew up together that before he'd gone and done his steel fabrication apprenticeship, he'd actually been like a kit, like a leading, I'm not sure what it's called, like a kitchen manager or something in a restaurant where we grew up. So he was in charge of stock and ordering and things like that. And he'd done that for a number of years. And I brought that up with him and I said, do you find an interesting connection that you actually, you've, you're a steel fabricator that's actually got this added layer of appreciation of what needs to go on in a commercial kitchen and how that space needs to work? And he kind of hadn't really made the connection between this past job that he'd had and what he was doing now. But as we kind of flesh this idea out, we realized that he is so uniquely positioned to serve the commercial hospitality space because not only is he very good at what he does as a steel fabricator he has this extra layer of I've actually worked in commercial kitchens for a number of years I understand that it's a fast-paced environment that you need to be able to move through that space as quickly and as efficiently as possible to get meals out on time to get meals out together for tables um, he understands how how jarring it can be when a part of the kitchen just doesn't work because you're forever banging into it trying to move around it awkwardly like flow is so important in a commercial kitchen especially when it's like seven o'clock friday night and you're just pumping out dishes one after the other so because we're able to connect his history and it didn't have to be bad or damaged or tortured or like he'd gone through like a really rough patch it was purely just based on his life experience and we're able to connect this very unique life experience he had with the customers he was best suited to serve and then suddenly writing the, the copy or the text on his website all fell into place now it also opened up an interesting conversation because he was sort of, he thought along that very common line I see where it's like, oh, well, if I start talking to these specific people, aren't I sort of shooting myself in the foot for any other customers I could, I could sort of engage? And I said, well, look, think about it. how many customers do you actually need for this to be a, a worthwhile venture? So he kind of ran the numbers and went, okay, well, if I make this much a month and that, that means I'm comfortable, that, that means that this is worth the effort of going to um, and if I'm making that much a month I might need I don't know six or seven customers for example to make that amount of money to then make this worthwhile hey guys I wanted to let you know about the free marketing masterclass I'm running in February 2022 and it's based around what platforms do small businesses need now I'm sure we can all relate to getting lost down the rabbit hole of googling around trying to figure out what to sign up to where to start how does it work what are all the buttons do well after working with tons of small businesses particularly in regional and rural areas I've isolated my go-to platforms that I think every small business should have access to and control of just to get you started with the basics that are going to give you the most bang for your buck if you're ready sign up today you can head over to my website and register to join it's absolutely free and i can't wait to see you there and i said okay so you only need six or seven customers a month to make this all mean something i said if you're speaking to commercial restaurants in the greater sydney area 
and you can say with confidence that you have this added added reason why they should do business with you because you understand their environment and you only need six or seven of them to bite and to take you up on that offer how hard do you really think that is and do you really don't you think it's worth speaking to those people specifically because we think about how many small to medium-sized privately owned restaurants there would be in the western sydney area alone and then if he's happy to travel a bit further he could go southwestern sydney he could go north sydney inner city so by getting really niche it actually opens you up to the potential of who you have to connect with and if you have that your numbers in your head as to how much you need for this all it makes sense niching down is the quite possibly the best thing you could do because it's just going to make you so much more attractive to the people you're best suited to serve and those most likely to do business with you so there you go there's our steel fabricator from western sydney my little brother who couldn't really see his story was able to piece together his life experience and then what he's doing now and then position himself as a really high valuable contractor for these businesses to work with based on this added layer of knowledge he could bring to the project so another example I have is a client of mine that is a bookkeeper. She's also very tech savvy. She's really good with like apps and software and systems and integrating them for businesses. So when we were sort of fleshing out her website copy or her text and trying to really hone in on her message, I can again we came back to this target market conversation and I said, "Okay, if you could fill your dart with a particular kind of client, what would that look like?" She was like, "Oh, well, um I, I would love to work for like tradespeople, so like carpenters, plumbers, painters, builders, things like that." It's like, "Okay, well, why is it we, we need to try and find your story we need to find the point of relatability with these guys and i dare say she probably not without sounding sexist or generalist but she'd farm she'd be she was much better served speaking to the wives of these tradespeople than trying to market herself for the tradespeople themselves because ultimately what typically happens at that 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 level of business is he is off doing the trade the wife is at home doing the books and the paperwork and climbing through the ute to find all the receipts in all the cup holders. Like, that's what she's doing. So she's the one that's looking for a bookkeeper so she can maybe go back to study, go back to work, find something she'd much rather be doing than hubby's books. So I said, I said she's the one you need to be talking to and she's the one we need to find that point of relatability to. And I said, can you think of, like, a way we can kind of position your business to really speak to these people like why is it why is it tradespeople in specific and more more specifically tradespeople's wives why are they the best people for you working with you and she's like well I was one I was just like I'm sorry what and she's like I was I was in that position where I was the tradesperson's wife and so I was running the books and I understood how frustrating it was and there was when there was a lack of a system and lack of when there was so many systems out there that could make that process so much simpler so much easier not just on a week-to-week level but like tax time and baz when you're doing your baz lodgements and things like that she said there's so many there's so many systems out there where you can implement that's going to make that such a frictionless process and I'm like why are you only just telling me this now? There's your story. That's your story. You're speaking to the tradies' wives because you were you were in their position. You know what it's like to be the wife of a tradesperson and to be constantly chasing your tail, finding their books, asking them for receipts, invoices, the whole shebang. I said, you can speak so eloquently to the struggles and the objections and the frustrations they have because you were there, you lived it. And so then you can also speak to the being the solution because it's like, look guys, I was you and now I'm here and now I want to help you get here too. So there you go. There's two really good examples of service providers who didn't think they had a story until they looked at, they drew a really clear line between their target market 
and their own personal experience and how they could show that their experience made them even more knowledgeable at the problems those who they are serving have and how they're in the best position to provide a really, really articulate solution. So I'll finish this with telling you a bit about my story. Um, and you can go back to episode, I think it's 17, where I actually told, I actually sort of shared how I got to the point where I was freelancing. And that has a lot to do with what my story is. So a few years ago, though, I had to sort of make a decision as to whether I was going to keep pursuing larger corporate work or whether I was going to focus on the small business sector. And I chose the small business sector purely because I just, not that I've ever had anyone hard to deal with in corporate, but I love dealing with small business people. Um, they're just they're, they're normally raising a family they're in a small town they give back to their communities they volunteer they're on committees and boards and things like that and then they work and not only that they give the young people in their local areas like their first jobs their apprenticeships help them get a trade started they really kind of mentor them and nurture them so they're just these they're just fantastic integral people to have in our communities for like coaching kids soccer teams, mentoring young adults and giving back to communities. Almost by accident, I just started focusing on these guys because I loved working with them. But I slowly realized that I too could have a relatable story to them. I was I was born and raised in a small town. Now I'm raising my kids in a small town. Um, I believe in volunteering and giving to community organizations and um, mentoring wherever I can like so I believe so strongly in all these things and I know that that's important to myself and a lot of the people that I serve and so but oh, quite so often there's some of this fiddly nitty-gritty business stuff gets in the way that keeps us up to like 11 o'clock at night it wrecks our sleep which then wrecks our mental health which then wrecks our you know family relationships puts everything under pressure so the way I see it is that I can appreciate what it is they want to do because they're the same things that I want to do. I want more freedom to spend time with my kids. And I'm really lucky right now. I enjoy a lot of time with my family, with my husband. So I want that for them. I want them to have the freedom to volunteer and coach and be on committees and make a difference in their community and not then have to come home and spend five or six hours at night doing invoicing. I want that for them. So if I can, if I can create the systems and the procedures and help them with templates and marketing strategies that gets them marketing themselves consistently without being stuck to their screen, then that's that's the story I want to tell because of that's aligned so much with my values and I know it aligns with their values too. So there's yeah, three really good examples as to why just who you are, what you believe in, your backstory, how that all can tie into the way you can position your business as a solution and then when it, when, and then when it comes to marketing your business around that, when you think about how rich your own story is, you'll never be stuck for content. And, and that content will work in an email. It'll work in a Facebook post. It'll work in an Instagram post. That content will work anywhere because storytelling is universal. So if you can really perfect the art of telling your story and if you can draw a line between your story, your target market, and why you guys should work together to achieve a solution, that's going to work wherever you take that story. So I hope this has given you an opportunity to think about your origin story, you know. You know, and it doesn't have to be, like I said, it doesn't have to be tortured or traumatic or dark or rags to riches. Just simply have a really good look at who you, at who you are, what your values are, and what experiences have shaped you today to being in business today and to have the kind of business you have today. 
and then tell that story in all its many facets, micro experiences you've had that shaped you, key conversations, mantras and quotes that you've that you've been tipped, something you were told by a mentor years ago that stuck with you, your philosophy, your your values, what you do when you're not at business. Start telling these stories in your emails, in your social media posts, on your podcast. Tell these stories because that's what we're gonna guess what it's gonna connect you with potential customers. We don't buy from businesses, we buy from people. This is why that a lot of big brands bring celebrities on to endorse their products because the brand in itself is usually unrelatable. So they bring the celebrity in to create a point of relatability for their products. They find a celebrity that aligns with their brand and aligns with their target market and they bring them on board. So the customers have someone to relate to. Because we don't relate to logos. We don't relate to corporate structures. We relate to people. So don't forget the people that you're best suited to serve. And get out there and tell your story. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking Back Joy. And now, over to you. Is there a topic you'd like me to cover in the next episode? Take a photo of you enjoying the podcast from wherever you are in the world, post it to Instagram, be sure to tag me at meredithpage.me and let me know what you'd like to cover next. Thanks guys, see you next time.